authors. Quick shout out before today's episode. First of all, thank you so much for your support of Writer in the Making. It means more than you know. And I like to invite you to become a partner today. Click on listener support and choose whichever monthly plan works best for you. Your support ensures that fellow listeners like yourself can find these episodes and get helpful tips, encouragement, or if they simply want to keep up with me. Subscribe if you haven't already and leave a rating or a review. It helps spread the word. Thank you all again. I appreciate it. Talk to you guys later. another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I am glad that I was able to get an episode out to you guys on today. As you know, I have been in writing mode with Killer One Way, which is book two of my Bianca Wallace mystery series, my cozy mystery series. So Killer Runway has been keeping me busy. We are currently, last time I checked, about to make the 25,000 word mark. My goal overall is at least 60,000 words. My minimum goal would be at least 55. So we'll see how it goes. I think by the time I finished Photobombed, it was like 54,000. But by the time I did all the revisions and I added in all of the details that I needed, it got to a little bit over 63,000. So there's always room for more. The point right now is just to get the basics out. I like to think of it as uh, building the foundation of the story first, like getting the bones together, if you will, and then we can fill in the details later. But I am making progress. I am still participating in these writer sprints. So my average right now per writing session, which is like a 45 minute time frame, is roughly a thousand words at the minimum, maybe 500. And then if I stay over the course for the full writer sprint with 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off, or maybe let's say three hours, I could probably get to at least over 2,000 words, close to 3,000 words for the full three hour period. Sometimes I can stay longer, sometimes I only stay for a couple of sessions, but I am making progress and that is what counts. But for today's episode, I am sharing with you guys an article that came into my email not too long ago from Pro Writing Aid. Now, Pro Writing Aid, if you haven't heard about it, I've mentioned it before. That's how I self-edit my work when it comes to checking for grammar, consistencies, redundancies, making sure I don't have any sticky sentences. That's what I use. Some people use Grammarly, which is fine, but I use Pro Writing Aid. And they have a blog, and today's article is called 13 Mistakes first time romance authors make this article was july 22nd of 2021 of this year but i thought it was interesting so i go ahead and share because they were listing their top articles so if you've made these mistakes as a romance author or even as an author in general maybe some of these may stand out to you I completely understand. So this is not to poke holes, but this is just to show that some of these mistakes are common and we're all learning, especially if you're an independent writer and you're doing all of this on your own. Maybe this is something that could kind of give you a different perspective on what not to do. Or if you're in it and you've already done this, maybe this can show you, okay, I need to make some changes here. So the first one, and again, this is for romance authors, but again, you may find Uh, some similarities in case you're writing a different genre but number one mistake is no happily ever after I don't think I've done that I also thought it'd be fun to share too to see if I've done any of these 
and so far I haven't done this first one, No Happily Ever After. I have been reading romance for a long time. I love romantic comedies in terms of movies, so I always know that there's going to be some type of happily ever after, whether the couple gets engaged or married, or if they choose to be exclusive in their relationship. There's got to be a happily ever after at some point, or it's not a romance, so I haven't done that one. Two, not reading enough romance novels. Again, I have been reading romance novels for who knows how long. So that does help with research. So whatever genre you're writing, you do want to make sure that you're reading in that genre so that you can see what's trending. You can see in terms of how other authors do it, not to copy. We don't do that. We don't plagiarize. But you can read and get inspiration to see, okay, this is how they you know, do world building. Okay, this is how they build chemistry. Okay, this is how they add conflict and tension in this scene. That helps you, if, especially, again, if you're brand new and you have no clue, you have no formal training. I do believe in taking writer's courses if you need to, but also reading helps. So if you're not reading, then that is not a good thing. I encourage you to do that. Another one is not reading reviews. Now this, me personally, I don't. Now for the genre of romance, they say it is a good idea to read the reviews because readers will give you feedback because they're very vocal and they'll let you know what worked and what didn't work. If it's constructive feedback, I think that's what the beta readers are for. So this I'm not quite on board with because I just, I just avoid reviews. Some may catch my eye every now and then, but I don't go in to read every single review for my books because in my opinion, the book is out of my hands. I've already done the work. So whatever your opinion is, that's your opinion. And at the end of the day, I write what I want to write as an independent author. But if I am going to take constructive criticism, that that is for me going to come from a beta reader or a fellow writing partner to help in that regard. So if you want to read reviews, go ahead. But that is not my style. Another one is winging it. Now, if you're a pantser, maybe this is up your alley. But in this particular instance, they don't encourage that with this article. They do encourage you to plot you need to have an idea of where your story is going it can't just be you know something random right stories take time to develop it takes time to develop your characters and and your understanding why they do what they do and you want to convey that as effectively as possible so that your readers feel a connection with your character if they don't care about your character they're not going to read the book i've discovered that you have to make your character so relatable and real that your readers care <laughs> if they don't care then they're not going to finish it it was a waste of time so make sure that you're crafting your story but if you are a pantser I'm not saying that you have to have a detailed fold outline here either still do what works best for you we all have a different style in terms of how we write for some of us we need a full detailed outline because we're a plotter some of us have you know boards on the wall we have sticky notes I've seen people who have maps on their walls and they're you know again with their post-it notes and they're just plotting and then if you're like me I just use a simple save the cat beat sheet and I just fill in the spaces some Sometimes it's completely full, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I fill in the spaces as I'm writing, but I do have an outline in place to give me parameters so I don't get off track. Another mistake, not accepting critical feedback. I think, again, that can come into your beta readers or your writing partners. That helps you grow. If you're not willing to accept the constructive criticism, then you're not going to 
grow, honestly. That's the best way I can put it. Now, if someone is tearing you down saying your writing sucks, that's not something I think you should accept. But if they're constructive with it and they're giving you suggestions, they're giving you tips, they're giving you advice as to how you can get better, then I would definitely take that into consideration. Another mistake is skipping the self-edit. Now, yes, you do have editors, again, your writing partners, your beta readers, but you want to go through it too. You want to make sure that your story makes sense to you. You want to make sure that it's clean on your end. Now, yeah, you may still have some blind spots, but you still want to you know, avoid the simple grammar mistakes, the cliches, the overly complex sentences, pacing, some stuff we are aware of as a writer. Again, we may not see everything. We do need another pair of eyes, but try your best on the self-editing end. And a few more, um, this is, if you're gonna be working with a professional editor, you can ask for a sample edit before going ahead and hiring them. That way you know what you're working with. Another one is an overly complicated plot. Too much is going on in the story. Don't do that, don't overload. Another one, covers not matching your genre. So research your genre. If you're in sweet romance, if you're in fantasy, if you're in historical fiction, research what those covers look like. Now, yes, again, have your own style. You are unique in terms of what you write, but research it out to see, okay, what's popular? How can I change this up to where it reflects me and my niche? But people aren't going to get confused if they see your book cover and it looks more like a romance but you write historical fiction or you write science fiction see what i'm saying so just make sure that you do your due diligence with that these last few here no website or a newsletter not being prepared to capture readers that ties into not having a website or a newsletter if you're releasing a book but you don't have a newsletter to capture them let's say you release your first book but they have no reference point your readers don't know where to find you you're not listing your links you're not listing your newsletter for them to sign up to keep in contact with you you're not listing even if you have a social media page you're not giving them a chance to find you to, to where they can connect with you so but your website and your newsletter are crucial things to have and then these last few, not setting a budget and sticking to it. Now this I can attest to. I am just now beginning to understand the business side of writing because to be honest, I prefer the creative side. I love writing stories. I love creating a new book. I love the process of writing and it going from an idea into actual book form where I can hold it in my hands. But this is also a business too. So determine what your budget is. You may be on the low end, maybe on the high end. It doesn't matter because we all have to start somewhere. So don't feel bad about that. But set a budget. What are you willing to spend for marketing and advertising? What are you willing to spend to get the exposure that you need? Maybe you're maybe you're wanting to schedule a virtual book tour or maybe a book blitz. Maybe you're working with other bloggers who can get your book out there in terms of through word of mouth. I don't know, but discover and find out what that budget is for you. Look at your expenses and see what you're willing to spend and make the sacrifice. If you have to do a little bit now and a little bit later, then that's okay too. And then the last one, not being a book ahead. This is probably the most common advice that I hear all the time on top of everything else is always be writing your next book. As soon as you finish one book, start the next one. And in my case, it's like there are several books, but be a book ahead. Don't just write something and then it's over with. Even as you're finishing your current book, already have in mind what you want to do for the next book. Maybe you're writing a series. Go ahead and plan that second book or that third book. Don't wait. 
Now, yes, take a break. <laughs> yes, take time to refresh. Yes, take time to unplug and relax. Yes, writing a book is hard. And when you release the book, you do need to take that time to, again, just refresh yourself. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't take rest, but do keep in mind what's your next project. Because if readers love it, they're going to want something else from you. And if you don't have anything to give them, yes, you do have those diehard fans that will wait however long until you release a new book. But you also still want to capture the next um, sale with your readers who are looking forward to the new material that you have coming out. So I've listed the, well, I, um, I linked up rather, I put the link in the description for this episode for you guys to read the rest of the article. If you want to read it in more detail to get more examples, I just kind of gave a summary of it, but these are the 13 most common mistakes that first time romance authors make. Maybe you found something um, and you're not a romance author, but some of the things that I list, you're like, yep, I've done that. Okay, probably need to switch that up. So you can find um, what stood out to you and then just make the necessary change. It, it doesn't have to be a big change. It could be something small, but we're learning as we go, right? We're all taking the time to learn. This is not easy in any way, but once you find your niche, stick with that. And trust there are going to be readers out there that will love your work. It's not about you trying to get the whole world to love you. It's about finding your tribe, finding your crew, finding the people that will love and support your work. And that may and that may be 10,000 faithful readers or 1,000 faithful readers. Or if you're higher than that, maybe 20,000 faithful readers. It, it doesn't have to be, again, the entire world that loves you just those few that will support you and be in your corner. So I hope that was helpful. You guys have an awesome rest of your day. And remember, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. God bless. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.